Welcome to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. Our goal is to help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us. Now, let's join our team as we get to follow up, break down, and gain deeper insight into this week's message. Hey guys, welcome back to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. I'm Justin Oswald, the Executive Pastor of TC. With me back today is our Lead Pastor, Brad Livingston. What's up, guys? Good to be back. Another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. And um, man, coming off a, a powerful week with the Bishop. <laughs> the, <laughs> the bearded bishop no nah, the uh, bearded bishop <laughs> bro, like we getting you a t-shirt yeah, i think i like that one too that, <laughs> we I get you a t-shirt yeah we're gonna get you a, a nameplate for your door at your office you need a new twitter handle <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my man pastor aaron james is in the house what's going on what's going on so uh man we're super excited pastor aaron um Man, before he was the lead pastor at Antioch Fellowship, and uh, before he did a lot of things. I knew him before he got famous, y'all, so just so we're clear. Uh, (laughs) So, no, man, uh, one of my closest friends in the entire world. I appreciate you, man, uh, so much, so... Uh, you know the feeling's mutual, brother, for real. Yeah, so um, Pastor Aaron was with us this past Sunday, spoke at TC, and uh, wrapped up our series. It really, I mean, we had a full eight-week series called Summer at TC, but we split it into two halves. And the second half, we've been talking about living out the fruits of the Spirit or fruit of the Spirit. Um, and uh, he wrapped it up with self-control this past week. Man, it was good. Yeah, I didn't want to listen to it. <laughs> I didn't want to listen to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, that, that's a real talk thing. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. you know those messages like, Lord, I know what you're gonna do. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I was out of town, and then um, we, we, I was gonna watch live stream, and then I even remembered, well, we don't live stream anymore because we can't because the Wi-Fi, you know. Right, right, right. So then on my way home, I was listening. Mm-hmm. The podcast was up, so he he got you got into your little you know your little uh, intro kind of, and then when you finally. I didn't know you were going to be speaking on self-control. And when you said that, I was like, nah, let me go ahead. <laughs> let me, let me I was like, I guess I'm going to stomach through this. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it was real good. It yeah, was real good. I knew what was coming there. Was yeah. Like, oh, Lord. No, nah, it was good, man. It was good. We, uh, you know, I, when we started putting it together, I was like, man, we'll let Aaron talk about self-control. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to preach about that. Hey, before we get started, though, let's tell everybody. I know it's a pleasure to have you on our podcast because you do so many. You're on so many. Oh, over here. I told y'all he's famous. God. So you got a new one. Tell me the name. I don't. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I started listening, but I don't remember the name. Yeah, uh, my new podcast is Theology Q and A. Yes, with Aaron James. Yeah. And by the way, the little icon, the hat and the beard. Whoever did that, that was good. That's fire. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> Theology Q and A, which is all part of the witness. Yeah, powered by the witness, a Black Christian collective. Yeah. And, the artwork was done by executive producer Bo York, award-winning producer Bo York. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, man, he he did that. I like him. Yep. Um, the witness does pass the mic. Yep. With yep. you and Pastor Tyler Burns, who's been on before. Yep. And that's one of my favorite podcasts out there, by the way. But we've had both y- y'all were both on when we did the uh, uh, Church of the Movies, right? Y'all were yeah, both here. Yeah, you yeah, and Tyler, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're real nerdy with that. Uh, with the Marvel world, Marvel stuff. That was yeah. last year. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so, yeah, y- it's y- great. Y- y'all should hear some of the movies we're talking about for this year. It's Buckwild. 
it's crazy. We talking well, like there's there's a lot of movies that are getting tossed around in the conversation right now, but some of them are hilarious. Well, there was even, a, there was the thought the, of it's hilarious. There was the thing in Slack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. we were voting on it. Yeah. So we did a poll, like different church movies or church movies, like <laughs> Rush Hour <laughs> oh and like Major Pain in some of these movies. Yeah, <laughs> I voted Major Pain. Good vote. Yeah, oh, that's man. a great movie. Yeah. So, uh, but anyways, yeah, he's, he's got a podcast. You're writing also for The Witness, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. I do write from time. I haven't been writing as much as I, um, I'm not going to say I've been, I've not been writing as much as I wanted to right? because I've been kind of taking it easy this summer. So I just, you know, I try to step it up in the fall. Yeah. 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 And you have to do, so what people would think is you have to do all those things because you're a full-time pastor at your church, which means you just play golf all day anyways. So you have ample free time. (laughs) When I'm not eating, you know, fried chicken and and cornbread, you know, I'm, I'm golfing. Golfing. Yeah. And so I take a break from eating and golfing. To, and it's 2019, so I'm sure you got you a couple like jet skis and a boat at your beach house that you guys. It's, <laughs> it's just a little, you know, a little bass. Well, when you're saved, the Lord blesses runner, you. Know, when just, you're saved, the Lord blesses you with those kind of things. <laughs> I'm, cl- I'm clowning y'all. I'm clowning y'all. Yo, people are gonna be like, <laughs> yeah, right. They're gonna be like, oh, he's one of them. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm clowning. I'm clowning. Pastor Aaron mm. is a, a phenomenal steward over his, his himself and his family. Uh, but I will say that you do pastor Antioch Fellowship in Pace mm-hmm. um, and uh, a great church here in one town over. I feel like Pace is Pensacola, but we know I would it's, say we it's know like it's the greater different. Pensacola area probably. It, huh? it, it's pa- <laughs> it is Pensacola <laughs> unless you are in Pace and you realize how not Pensacola it is, yes, right? Yes. So I wish it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I grew up out that way. I wish it was. I grew up. Yeah. So let me help y'all out. What what y'all don't know? If you're not from Pensacola, you this this. I'm going to explain it for you. If you are from Pensacola, you maybe you've never thought of it this way. So I do want to be a little clear for you guys. When y'all cross that bridge from Pensacola to Pace, you have done a 15 to 20 year (laughs) time jump. Backwards. 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 I mean, like, I was looking the other day, there was a billboard, and it was like the, 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 it was a dentist and his family on the billboard, and it was like, come see so and so for your dentistry work. And I was like, bro, you would never see that anymore. Like, just the, the family small town mentality, and it's literally, yeah, you know, five minutes from my house or whatever. So, well, what would we call Pace a suburb? Kind of like a suburb of Pensacola? To me, it's its own place, man. Pace and Milton you know, is buckwild. Because it's, it's, it's unincorporated. It's a different county. You know, different county, yep. unincorporated. So technically, it's not a It's not city. even a city. Yeah. yeah, it's a community, I guess. Yeah, Milton, you know. Milton's a city. But yeah, so it would be more probably a... Suburb of Milton. But to say suburb of Milton, like, that, what is that? <laughs> what is We're going to get in so much trouble. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, I don't want to get in all that. I don't think anyone from Santa Rosa County is listening, though. They don't even know. I don't have smart phones right, 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 right. On their Motorola Razor. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding, guys. We appreciate y'all. We that, just was, that was Justin. That was not me. <laughs> we just kidding. Email your concerns to. Yeah. You can email pastor Justin. at Antioch. <laughs> 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 no, nah, we just kidding. I, I grew up out that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, it's a nice little. No, pa- I love the community. Pace man. has grown a lot too. We were just talking about yeah, at lunch, but yeah. um, used to be there wasn't a whole lot to eat and do and stuff out there. Now yeah, it's uh, up, even shopping. I mean, you literally had Walmart. Yeah, that, that's that was it. it. But now there's yeah. Target and all kind of stuff. So it's really good. It's pretty nice. Yeah, it's on the yeah. come up, man. 
Yeah. So, and you moved your family, y'all, like y'all moved out there. Y'all were in Pensacola. You moved yeah, out there. Yeah, man. We, we made the move. We've been there for about three years. Come on. And uh, we love it. Our our youngest daughter graduated from Pace High. Mm-hmm. Um, Where at in Pace do you guys live? Like what? We live like right as you get into it, pretty much. Like toward, uh, down Woodbine? Um, past Woodbine. Okay. Kind of toward the Pea Ridge yeah, yeah, yeah. area there. Okay. Before, like, in between Spencer What's the address? Fields. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. We showing up? <laughs> no. No, Somebody that, was going to show up. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, no that's, that's a, that's a pretty nice little shade of Pace. Pretty, huh? pretty nice little area. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it's, I like uh, Pace. Yeah, man. So Pastor Aaron's been uh he's been he's been on the podcast a few times, so he's no stranger to what we do here. But um man, what was your Pastor what were your thoughts going into you know, I, I mean I reached out to you back in when was it, February or something? Yeah, it was a while back. Yeah, yeah. like February, March and uh in, you know, invited you to, to come speak. So where did your mind immediately go? You know, we talked about yeah, we talked yourself control. Just being real, yeah. being honest about how, you know, sanctification is a journey, right? Yeah. yeah. It, but it's not linear, you know? So we, we tend to think of sanctification as this journey, like these steps, you know, almost like we're climbing oh, up yeah. a ladder kind of thing. Yep, yep, yep. But it's really not that. It's hmm. God is, he's forming us. He's conforming us to the image of Christ. He's making us, he's molding us, he's shaping our character. But the way that that happens isn't as clean as we'd like it to be. It really is a messy process. And you start even, I'm talking like after the Lord saves you, you start making all of these discoveries about your own heart and your own desires and and stuff that's still lurking around in your soul. And so the first thing is just to be honest. I just thought about honesty. Let's be honest about who we are and where we are. I had a mentor that used to say, if you want to get to God's ideal, then you got to get real with your real. You know, you just have to be honest about where you are and your condition, because really that's where God meets us. Right. And so first and foremost, just that, that honesty of Lord, I need you. I know I'm saved. I know I'm an adopted child in your family. I know that I've received the gift of righteousness based on the merits of Christ, not based on my merits, but I still need you. Yeah. Like a lot every day, <laughs> every day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the first thing. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. That was, you know, there's so, so much of, that's one of the things I loved about when you, you know, as you communicated that, uh, this past Sunday, man, was just kind of the, your relaxed tone. You know, when I think about, you, th- we've all been in church before when they talk about self-control, right. And it's almost like a, it's almost like a land blast of like, mm. I'll use the word shame. Mm-hmm. Like y'all know y'all shouldn't be, but and it's like, if you had more Jesus, then you would. Yeah. And it's like yeah. this whole like thing about self-control, how, you know, uh, and I love how, you know, I, number one, I expected nothing less, but I love how you met and exceeded my expectations in the idea of the finished work of Christ. And, uh, in the idea of a pursuit, but not a destination. Yeah. And I thought, you know, you, you, you wrestled those out with a little bit of tension very well for the people, you know? Yeah, man. You know, that's good. I love, um, 
you know, I'm a big King's Kaleidoscope fan. Come on. And I don't even want to look at you right now because I just remember <laughs> that you were at their concert. Thought I was in Atlanta with them? You yes, know what I'm I saying? was. Where they were doing, they were doing tracks from, from Zeal. Yep. I, don't, I don't even want to look at you right now. And Becoming Who We Are. But, yeah. And so, but, but, but that, that album title, yeah. Becoming Who We Are, Man. right? That, I, don't, I don't know if we focus on that enough as God's people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if we preach and teach and disciple from that posture enough as God's people. And so we, we can minister and we can teach, we can disciple from a standpoint where we make people feel that they're not, where they're more conscious, they're more conscious of their deficiencies than they are of God's complete finished work. Right. They're always conscious of what they're not. Yeah. But I think that it's real powerful when we have that paradigm shift of, wait a minute, I'm not trying to become a child of God. I am a child yeah. of God. Yeah. I'm not trying to become holy. The scriptures say I am holy. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. Ephesians one says that we are holy and blameless yeah. in Jesus. Now the problem is we don't always feel holy and blameless, yep. but yep. the truth of the matter is in Jesus, that really is our reality. Yeah. And I think that when we start from that posture of the fact that I am holy, I am blameless in Christ, then when we come into contact with our weaknesses, when we sin, when we fall short, we're not running for the bushes like Adam and Eve in shame yeah. and in condemnation. Yeah. Like we can still go toward the father. We can live in the light and we can be open with our sin. We can confess our sin openly. Why? Because I'm not going to lose anything. Yeah. You know, like yeah. he's not going to kick me out of the family. Yeah. Come on. You know, I didn't, I didn't fall, you know, multiple you know, levels down the ladder, Yeah. you know, through this. Now it doesn't mean that sin doesn't have consequences, yep. but even though sin does have consequences, when a believer sins, we don't lose our place in the family though. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Like we're still sons. We're still, we're still daughters. And I think, I don't think enough people really know that because the truth of the matter is, man, we don't even know how messed up we are. <laughs> Like you ever have those yeah, days yeah, where yeah, you yeah. think you I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like you might catch yourself flexing in the mirror a little bit. Like, man, I'm so holy. Like, bam, you know, yeah, like yeah. I know the Lord loves me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And then somebody presses a button or something happens in life. And then these things start coming to the surface in yep. your soul or your thought processes or the, 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 the right or the wrong person gets around you. And all of a sudden, you know, you hear people say like, they might say something like, Ooh, I don't even know why I said that. I don't even know where I came from, where that came from. Yeah. Oh no, it came from in you. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that wasn't me. That wasn't me that said yeah. that. that was, I'm just angry. That, no, that, that was, was you. No, that was you. That was you. That was you. But you know what? I, I love the way um, Chandler put this years ago, man. You know, it's, it's us understanding that because of the grace of God, it's okay to not be okay but it's not okay to stay that way. Yeah. So at the same time, we're comforted, but then we're also pushed forward. And mm -hmm. I think that's important for folks to know, man. Yeah, I totally agree, man. I think that's the the beauty behind, you know, how we're communicating and what we're communicating. I, I used to, you know, we do in the leadership pipeline, you know, one of the things that I love to do about 12 weeks in, eight to, eight to 12 weeks in, somewhere in there, um, is you've equipped the students with enough information to be dangerous, mm -hmm. but not enough wisdom to know how to use it yet. And so, <laughs> and so, uh, so what, and they, as the year progressed, they started figuring this out is, uh, 
that I would metaphorically pull the pin on a grenade and throw it in the room uh-huh. and just watch what happened. And so I would say, what do y'all think about this? And just, you know, just lob the topic in the air and let them start wrestling over it. And you would quickly see people's hearts and their thought patterns and how they felt yeah. about something that is almost sometimes diametrically opposed to the gospel and to like, you would start seeing those things work themselves out. Yeah. And for, you know, now luckily it's a safe space. There's 10 of us in the room and, and I can help, you know, lead them and kind of st- but you would start seeing, it's like, man, it doesn't take much of the right thing or in your, what you said, the wrong thing to see how still broken, doesn't matter how knowledgeable you are, how much we've read the word, how many times we've cried on the carpet at an altar, mm-hmm. like none of those things stop the brokenness that is still existing in each one of us and how we have to yeah. fight our way through that. Yeah. So I've seen that happen <laughs> so many times, even with leaders, you know, you see it. So <laughs> what you laughing at? Just the whole idea of the pipeline, like the, the, what you were talking about, like getting them going and yeah, yeah, yeah. hearing them and stirring up the hornets. Yeah, yeah. like that. So no, I, I totally agree, man. I think that's, I and mean, I think that Chandler is uh, the way he communicates it and the way he communicated Sunday, it's just on to something, you know, again, like the idea of the journey that has no destination until it's heaven. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's no arrival here. Yeah. Like, and really getting people to grab a hold of that. There's no arrival here. And since, since there's no arrival here, let's not pretend that someone that's at a different point in the destination is worse off than we are. Come on. That's right. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's like, you just, you just at a different point, but we're all moving forward. You just had a different, you had a different starting point, you know? Um, and, and to a, to a degree, some of it even goes back to the idea of privilege, you know, not like racially and those things. Sometimes it could be, but, um, I think it's. Like the idea of just if you were you brought up in a Christian home, like you yeah. have you have yeah. a different starting point when it comes to the faith. Like even if you never bought into Christianity, if Jesus opens your eyes to the gospel at 18 years old and the first 12 years of your life, scripture was being prayed over you and breathed over you and mm-hmm. put in you. When you come to the Lord at 18, you have a different starting point than the person whose mom was a crack addict, whose dad ran away when they yeah. when, before they were ever born. And and has never had any sort of godly wisdom, insight, right. understanding, biblical narrative put into their life. They're just at a different starting point uh, than you are. And man, we can't look at people who are at a different starting point and judge them differently. You man, know? you know what? That's so important because, you know, you take your first example, someone who may have come to the Lord as a teenager, but they grew up in a godly home. Let's yeah. say there were both parents and all of those things. When you talk to that person, that comes from a healthier environment and you say like, be a good father or, or mean something or, different. Or no. if you say God is a good father, yeah. you know, he's our heavenly father. He cares for us. Then that person by God's grace has an earthly reference point yeah. Come for, on. for heavenly reality. Come on. And so they can attach to that truth mm-hmm. a lot easier, but take someone whose father was just totally not in the picture or yeah. the father was in the picture and, and he was abusive yeah. or, yeah. or, you know, something like that. Or even just absent-minded. Or, or just absent-minded, yeah, just yeah, disconnected yeah. Totally. emotionally and all of those things, yeah. right? Um, because you do have some of those guys, you know, we, we, you know, situations where a guy may be a really good provider, but he's just not there yeah. in any other way. He's not present yeah. in any other way. And so you tell that person God is a good father or God is our father. And then their reference point is going to be, so is he just kind of, 
Does he just meet my needs? He's but he ready to give really, me good things. Yeah. He just doesn't really care about me though. Like, does he really? And so that's yep. really true. It's us recognizing that. So that we don't get to this place where we're looking down our noses at people. You know, um, I remember telling a young person years ago, sitting in my office, like, listen, we're all in the boat of grace. Like, like, like all of us, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like, it don't matter who you are. We all need the grace and the mercy of God. And I think it's a harmful thing for, for us to begin to believe that I may need God's grace and mercy less than you. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah. like, I need grace and mercy, but you need yeah, it more yeah, than yeah. I do. You know what I'm yep, saying? Yep, yep, yep. That's a harmful thing. Yeah, I know I messed up, but I ain't messed up like they messed up. I'm not up. messed up like you. Yeah. You know, and yeah, yeah, it, yeah. you know what it's like, man. It's like that 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 account that Jesus gave of the Pharisee and the other guy yeah. praying to the Lord. You know, in the temple, you know, the 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 Pharisee was like, you know, I thank you that I'm not like that guy. Yeah. You, you know, I yeah. do like, this, okay, I okay. do that. But the other guy's like, have mercy on me, right? a sinner, you know, yep. which one left justified. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yep. You know, so yeah. Yeah, totally. That's the, and that's the hard part. It's for, for some people, you know, I sit down with people all the time. One of the things that, one of the things that bothers me, even in the church world, I'll even say in leadership, one of the things that bothers me is just like, we've got it right mentality. Mm. <laughs> where it's like every other church is doing it wrong, but I'm glad we got it right. And it's like, okay, like, listen, you know, I mean, even you take our churches, like Andy, our fellowship in TC, you know, if you walked into both of our churches on two different weeks, you would see two considerably different yeah. uh, environments, uh, cultures, uh, even approaches mm-hmm. to doctrine. And, um, you know, I think there's a, we positionally line up theologically yeah. in a very, very much the same place, but our approach to how we paint those pictures and how they work themselves out in our, each one of our church bodies is so different. Um, it's like, I just don't pretend to have all the answers. Like it's not, so exactly. it's like what, what we're doing is like, I believe it's a God breathed thing that we're doing. And it's a vision that he put in our hearts. It's like, and you are very much doing the same thing mm-hmm. and it don't make all of us can't be out here doing the same thing. Like God is breathing and directing and doing all those things. So it's like this yeah. idea in many church leadership structures, it's like, well, we got to figure it out. So no one can, no one's going to teach us anything. Yeah. It's like, man, okay, come on. Like uh. just stop, you know, um, especially you got, you got 150 people showing up. Stop. If yeah. you had it that figured out, it'd be different. It's, but it's but, beautiful, man. I love it. You yeah, know, absolutely. I, I talked to my, you know, I talked to my son about it, um, who was with me, and I like debriefing with him. Yeah, because um, I could I could definitely see him being a much better pastor than me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so I try. Why to is be, it you think that? Man, is he, it his heart or his head? Both. Okay, I was both, just curious, man. But he he's Deuce? he's such a um, man. Deuce is such a he's got such a pastoral, and I'm more you know not trying to put just. It's analogous to honestly, he, he and I, uh, to David and Solomon. You know, like I'm, you know, warrior fighter. You know what I'm saying? And he's more like, you know, yeah, yeah. And so, but I, it, it's interesting because even at this point, I mean, he's he's only 12 years old, but he sees the difference between, you know, Antioch and transformation, yeah. right? Yep. Um. And, you know, last time I was with y'all, Haley was with me, yep. our mm-hmm. youngest daughter. But one of the things, the way we always frame that, and we talk about the differences, we always frame it in light of, but we're part of the same kingdom. And these differences aren't about 
uh, who's better and who's worse, but you get to see another shade. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you totally. get to see another part of the tapestry yeah. that makes up the family of God. And we focus on the beautiful things, you know, like mm-hmm. what's done well and even what we can learn from, Yeah, you know, and, totally. and, and how that could push us. So I love that, man. Yeah. And, you know, one of the biggest things that I didn't get to really press into yesterday, I did it a little bit, but um, I didn't use this language. But when it comes down to self-control, it's so important to understand that when the Lord saves us, that's such a revolutionary work. And so, for instance, in Ezekiel 36, when the Lord was prophesying, you know, the Spirit of God was speaking through Ezekiel, right? Um, He says, I'm going to sprinkle clean water on you. I'm going to remove the heart of stone. I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. I'm going to put a new spirit within you. And I'm going to place my spirit within you. And I'm going to cause you to obey me. That's major. Yeah. And then when Jesus talked about it, Jesus uses language like you're born again. He told Nicodemus, you must be born again. And so when the Lord saves us, it's not simply that we are forgiven. Like we are forgiven. That is what happens to us. But there is also what the Holy Spirit does in us. And we are literally, by the power of God's Spirit, reconstituted at the very core of our being. We are spiritually reborn. And so when Adam and Eve fell, one of the things that the the fall of of, of, and, and the original sin of our first parents brought about was that on the inside where our desires were to please God and obey God and, 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 and worship him and him alone, we got turned inward. Then it was all about us, you know, like what we want, we're on the throne, but the Lord comes to change that. And I think when people understand that I have been fundamentally changed, yeah. like God is not doing like, he ain't just smacking new paint on this thing. <laughs> you, you, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like he has, I am a new person. Paul said, you are a new, new creation. creation. Old things have passed away. And that's so important. And I'll give you a good example because a lot of times I think the, one of the major areas that it's hard to wrestle with this newness of life thing is when it comes down to sexual sin, Right. So if a person has a, a background where there's promiscuity or, or any type of, you know, major sexual sin, if we're not careful, those people will always be given the side eye. Right. Like in, in church yeah. life. You yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. the side eye. Yeah. Or <laughs> even worse yet, if you have a couple, let's just get real for a second. You got a married couple. One person came up, you know really good. I'm doing air quotes, you know, like really good. And the other person came up really bad. And the way sometimes, even within the context of close relationships, there's this temptation to throw another person's past in their face, Mm -hmm. you know, but the reality is when the scriptures say new creation, that is our reality. And so the, even the way in which we esteem one another, I can't look at you, even if we came up together and we did dirt together. You know, the Lord saves us. I can't look at you and judge you and evaluate you based on what we used to do. Yeah. The reference point, the, the game has changed now. I now have to look at you and, and evaluate you based on the finished work of Christ. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not saying what God has to say about you, yeah, then I'm in opposition against him. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. You, you know right. what I'm saying? And I think that, I think that 
brings hope to folks, man. How many people come into church and they want to be free? And even when they lift their hands and close their eyes to sing along with everyone else, there's that image of five years ago, yeah, yeah. 10 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, earlier that week. Yeah, no, you're right. You, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And it's like, listen, I did do that. That is my past, but my past ain't me. That's right. not who I am. Yeah. Well, it's like a, you know, I heard someone talking one time about the notion, like God being God, you know, he overlooks our past once we're, once, you know, mm-hmm. at, at salvation, you know, he doesn't focus on the, that past. Like we focus on each other's past. And what the, the guy was referencing is the, the, the great thing as humans, when we know something about somebody's past, we always, it's always there. You, like you say, you'll throw it up in front of them, but God overlooks that. But because God has foreknowledge, he also overlooks our future to love us right now today. <laughs> he knows what you're going to do. He, the, he was kind of saying like, imagine if, if we as humans, like we can't even, if we, if we have a notion about somebody or thought, yeah. How we let that get, you know, you start making judgments about we, what they possibly could do. We'd go minority report on cats. Man. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I know what you're going to do. I'm going to cut you off before you even get to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Or based on your history or your behavior in the past, yeah. I can gauge what you may do mm, in the future. That's good. You yep. know, and it's just like, man, when you start thinking about God's love being so awesome that he overlooks our past, thank God he does, you know, but he also overlooks that next time you're going to sin yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. a sense. Like he's, he's forgiven for that too, to love you today. Yeah. You know, he doesn't hold your future sin against you today. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what yeah. we talk about. I mean, we talk about that. So me, you know, you and I were having a conversation earlier where I was, I made, I said a phrase similar. It was like, man, we got to be careful not to make a de- dangerous assumption. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's so easy to be like, oh, I bet that's how that's going to go. And it's yeah, like, oh, you got to be careful true. not to make dangerous assumptions. Because I, I was doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And it wasn't like we weren't destroying anybody. It no, was no, just no, a conversation but, we were still, having. But still, yeah. But it was just one thing. It was like, man, we, we, we got to be careful in that because it's like, you know, number one, a lot of times we, we tend to make biased conclusions about somebody not taking into account any of the information that we may have mm-hmm. our situation aside. That's not what I'm referencing. Sure. I'm talking about in general, um, you know, where it's like, man, think about, think about how you acted on your worst. Maybe yeah. you were super stressed out. You had just got fired and you were in that Walmart line or whatever. And you snapped on that lady at the register because you were stressed out. Your kid was screaming. You just got fired. Your house's payment is due. Yeah. And then you're in a, in the worst moment that you would have liked to have been filmed. Somebody was watching you. And from that state, people start making assumptions mm-hmm. about you from now on. It's like, man, how does that, you would you would beg for an opportunity to say, listen, that it that was just a thing that happened. But a lot of times we do that with people. Yeah. We take them and the worst error that they've made in their life, the worst mm-hmm. situation they've gotten themselves into, not looking at how they got there, not extending grace or even empathy or sympathy on how they may have stepped into that situation, but then use it to create a spectrum about this person and uh, hold them hold them like hold every action accountable to a situation that. You know, it's like, man, that, that was, but yes, the day before that, I gave a homeless person a hundred dollars. Y'all yeah. could have been watching then, right? Y'all had to be watching. <laughs> man, we see that a lot though, honestly, where people's entire existence is summed up in one moment. Yeah. And that's incredibly unfair. Yeah. Doesn't mean that people shouldn't be accountable. It doesn't mean that, you know, um, you know, things shouldn't be called out. That's not what I'm saying. Right, right, right. But to sum up a person's entire existence. Yeah. Over Over one one thing, man. 
you know, and I, that's why I love the way you put it, man, Justin, the way you talked about God sees our tomorrow. And that's one of the amazing things about what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Yeah. Yeah. Because when we think about it now, there were believers in God before Jesus atoned for sin on the cross. The Bible says Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for, to, uh, as righteousness. So Abraham was declared righteous through faith, right? David was a believer in God. David was a person of faith. And the beautiful thing about the cross was that when Jesus was atoning for sin on the cross, Paul wrote in Romans 3 that God passed over the former sins, right? Ultimately, because not only is he just, but he is the justifier of those who have faith in Jesus. And so what Jesus was doing was he was atoning for the sins, like the work of the cross reached back all the way to the days of Adam. Yeah, It applied to the day then of Peter and James and yep. John yep. and Matthew yep. and yep. those guys. And then it reached all the way forward to where we are today mm-hmm. and beyond paying our debt in full. Yeah. That, that's just absolutely amazing. Yeah. It's mind blowing. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> like, like, yeah. and like the wrath of God is satisfied. Yeah. Like even, even though Man, I'm going to miss it tomorrow or next week, that I don't have to worry, even when I do miss it tomorrow or next week. What? Like, Come on. Well, you really start to see, God and I, I almost hesitate to say this because I don't want to feel like I'm coming across as like, but you see whether it's denominationally or um, where so, that is somewhat missed, mm. right? So I was in the, yesterday, I, I'm going to go ahead and talk about it just because we're there, <laughs> but I don't want it to feel like I'm bashing Catholicism when I say mm. this. Yesterday on my way home from out of town, my dad calls me, my step, my stepmom's mom's in the hospital. They don't think she's going to make it. She's 82, whatever, um, 82, 83 years old. Um, her body's septic. She's just not doing mm. too good. So my dad asked, Hey, if we're at the center of the medical center, if you have time this afternoon, it'd be nice if you could come by and maybe just say a prayer with us. Now my stepmom and her family, they're Cuban, grew up Catholic. My dad grew up Catholic. Okay. They're still Catholic. Yeah. You know, they, they attend St. Rosa Lima and Milton and, and that whole thing. Um, me and my brother aren't, you know, then I got into ministry. Well, so did my brother, but, um, so he's just like, Hey, it'd be nice. Could you come say a prayer with us? And, you know, so, and I was like, sure. So I was already on my way home. So I just come through pace and went to the hospital nonetheless. So, so um, went there just to see my dad, my stepmom, talked to them for a while, prayed with them. And then, but what you're saying, I, I'm, I'm saying all that, that because they're, they were not thinking she's going to make it. They were, um, she had them, the social worker call a priest. We need a priest to come in because mm. he needs to bless her before she passes. Mm. And so you see the flaw, for, maybe for lack of a better word, in even in the belief system of Catholicism that we've got to get the priest here to pardon and, and absolve her of her sins since she can't ask for, she yeah. hasn't, and she's kind of out of it laying in bed before she passes away. Yeah. Like yeah. this is very serious for them, you know, like they almost like a concern and the, they were worried cause it was Sunday. So the priest had mass that morning and he was scheduled to be there about two thirty. you know? So it was just like, you know what I mean? But, yeah. and then I was just kind of like, you know, how stressful. Yeah. It was like, stressful. You know, know. And, and, and cause when I prayed with them, I, you know, my dad and, and my, me and my dad and my stepmom and we pr- stood around her bed and we, and we prayed. My prayer was nothing. I was there when the priest got there was nothing like the, the priest prayer right, um, right, was, right. was nothing. And to the, to the point that, uh, you know, I, part of his prayer was, you know, I, by the power invested in me by the Holy See of Rome, I now pardon you of your sins was what he said. And I was like, oh, 
I have questions. I have follow up questions. <laughs> I have follow up questions. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, not to, not to take away from that, but yeah. I could see it on my stepmom who who, yeah. who is Catholic and grew up in, the, in that belief system, how important it was for her. But man, I was just like, man, if, if you, if you could um, relieve yourself of that stress in a sense, you know, like, yeah. and you know what I mean? It's, it's like, like, aren't you, you felt, glad that God I, has rescued us from that uncertainty? Right. And yeah. I, I just kind of felt for them and it was not the time or place for me to, yeah. you, right, you know, right. yeah. um, we don't teach, we don't teach lessons in hospital. Rooms, yeah, right? yeah. 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 So, yeah. um, yeah. But it was just you. I, I felt in that moment yeah. for them. I was like, "Man, what is just not only just stressful because she's there. Her mom met, might pass away in the next day or two, and she's already upset about that. Just and then her dad has Alzheimer's, who they take care of. So he's at home with a caretaker, so they could be at the hospital. You know, it's just a lot of stress in her life. I just felt for her in that moment. But the stress of and we need the priest to get here. He's got to bless her. He's got to anoint her, and he's got to we got to absolve her her sins before she passes away. Yeah. It's like, man. You know, I just kind of felt, I felt the stress that they were, that she was carrying. Yeah, you know? of course. Yeah. Um, but it's like, it's, there's, there's more freedom than that. Yeah. You know, there, there is more there freedom is. than that. You, you know? know, scripture said there's one mediator right. between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus, you know, and <laughs> the manner in which we are made just is through the finished work of Christ alone. And the beautiful thing is. It's not like we don't need a go-between. It's not like we don't need a mediator, but Jesus is that mediator. He right. is the apostle and high priest, you know, of our profession. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He's the one that has gone before us. Man, I just finished reading, just in my personal reading, the book of Hebrews a couple of times over the last month or so. And the beautiful thing about it is that the author of Hebrews makes the case that Jesus is better than angels. Jesus is better than Moses. Jesus is better than the old system where a man, mm -hmm. a fallen sinful man yeah. himself had to appear in the presence of God yeah. right, and, right, right, and, right. and just do something that really wasn't bringing atonement, but it was symbolic. It was pointing forward to the ultimate atonement that Jesus himself would bring. But he was like, but he's here. Mm -hmm. Jesus himself has entered into the heavenly places. He's entered into that tabernacle that wasn't built by human hands. Come on. And he, through his blood that he shed, absolves us. That's how we are forgiven. Right. And, and you're right, man. It's not, I mean, it's not to throw grenades and fire shots at no, people. No, not at all. But at this point, honestly, I'm like, I remember asking one person, um, it was, I was out at a dinner. I can't remember what city we were in. But um, it was late at the hotel restaurant and the young man who was um, was waiting on us was uh, was a Muslim. Um, he he um, and we got to talking about his faith and 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 I was asking him, like, so so your relationship with God, like, you know, you know, how do you feel? Are you secure in that? And and he just laid out these things. And he's like, if we do these things, then he's like, hopefully you know, you know, just, you know, maybe we're, but there was no assurance and my heart just broke for this young man. And it's the same kind of feeling yeah. like, like there's no assurance, but the Bible tells us we do have assurance, Yeah, you know, and that's, and it's the kind of insurance, assurance, uh, it could be insurance, yeah. <laughs> eternal insurance, you know? but it's the kind of, it's the kind of assurance that it's not like I'm looking at it and I'm going, man, Jesus paid it all. I'm going buck wild because Jesus paid it all. Right, right, right. No, right, right. because along with that forgiveness is a nature change. Paul says, shall we continue in sin so that grace may abound? God forbid. How right. can how can though how can they who died to sin continue to live any longer therein? Yeah. And yeah. so good, Doc. Man, like 
Come on. And then there's fruit of the spirit. Fruit of the, exactly. yeah, fruit of the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's, you know, is evident in the fruit. It's like we talked about last yeah. week, you know, it's like, um, you know, that's why it, it reminds me. I was, I was challenging one of our young men. I don't think he would mind me saying this on, on air. I'm, I won't name him, but you know, at, at our, one of our men's small groups, I was sitting down with one of our young men, been in the church for, um, on and off for about six years okay. been with us for consistent, super consistent for about two or three now. And, um, you know, he given his life to the Lord and navigating all of that. And, and, uh, you know, a significant change in who he was always been a great young man, but, you know, walking in the character change and the evidence of Christ in him. And, um, you know, on, honest to God, even in my interactions with him outside of the church, inside of the church, um, he carries himself with integrity, character, all those things. Uh, currently living with his girlfriend, not married to her. Um, and so as small group, you know, I just kind of, I don't know if it's like a functioning of the Holy Spirit, maybe. But I was just kind of like, so what are your intentions with her not like shame on you but just like hey what you mm -hmm. know do you have a plan is this is this even something that y'all are talking about to my marriage he's like yeah you know we've talked about it you know i think we want her to get her degree first and blah blah blah, blah. and, and I, I just kind of uh challenged him and i said well you know man um i said there's a certain level of confidence and I, I used the word blessing, but I ultimately ended up getting to the term covenant mm -hmm. that God has with us when we're walking in the covenants that he wants for us, you know? And uh, I said, if this is a young woman, you know, you're going to marry. I said, I really want to challenge you to think about doing that now. I said, because ultimately you're in a sinful state living with her, but not being married with her. Now he knows my heart. I'm not judging him in a sense of like shame on you. That wasn't what I was saying. Just trying to communicate to him. Like, you know, if you know, you want to marry this girl, there's a, there's a biblical model. And then I started explaining to him that we as husbands are an example of Christ to our wives and, and how, you know, she didn't grow up in church. Mm -hmm. And so the best, one of the best testaments that he can give her of who Jesus is, is to marry her if that, and if it's not, then get out of the relationship. But I, so I was just trying to disciple that young man in that situation. I say young, he's only like three years younger than me, but just trying to take an opportunity to, to speak into his life a little bit. Um, but again, from my perspective, not beating him up because he's at a different point in the journey from me, but also having to disciple him into this understanding of like, you know, there, but there is something for you. Like, you know, Jesus loves us as we are, but then he, Holy Spirit makes us who we will become, which is what we're talking about. Like the, then we're regenerated because of the work of Christ, the Holy Spirit in us, this new birth, that regeneration should lead us to do things, say things and commit to things differently than we would have otherwise, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and in that, you know, practicing self-control, we, we actually have something coming up next year. Um, I think I slung it across your radar briefly before, and I'm, I'm not quite ready to drop the metaphorical bomb on this podcast just yet, but it's coming next year, uh, hopefully in February, as long as everything works out the way it should. Um, but man, just giving people who are in situations an opportunity to make the covenant, to step into uh, what God has for them, to to open up a door where um, that is traditionally welcomed with shame and welcome it with grace and give people chances to see that we're not a church that's looking to try to to 
beat up on you because of where you've come from, but uh, in your attempts, trying to lead you to where God would have you to be. So there's a number of this, you know, we got a couple of things coming up next year, but um, yeah, man, I think, you know, and what you wrapped up with, which I think is, you know, uh, you're a veteran, you've done this a few times and I love that you wrapped up, you know, you started off with who we should, who we should become, how we can become that. But then the promise of what waits for us, which is, you know, I thought was fantastic that, you know, that for some of us, we're going to struggle with this thing. We all got that one. You know what I mean? We all got the thing, um, that holds us captive, our hearts, our minds. We have to war it every day. Just like Paul, we got to kill it every time we wake up. Um, you know, and one of the things I loved about what you were just talking about is that, uh, you know, even when Paul was writing, you know, we talked about the things that we, that, you know, when we get regenerated, you know, Paul said, I find myself doing the things I don't want to do. In other words, it was now he recognized it's now against my nature to do this. It's something I want to do. And yet it's something I find myself doing. So the desire, our desire has to be to look like and act like and become more like the Lord than to be our old self, which is the evidence of regeneration Enter self-control. Yeah. Yeah. And self-control. But um, then you got to the promise, man. And and, uh, what were your, what what were kind of your thoughts on that as we wrap up? You know, I, I once heard someone define hope as believing that what God has for you is still there. Come on. And if we lose sight of the fact that there is, that there's an expiration date on the struggle, then we will lose hope. We'll, we'll enter into these places of despair in the here and now. And we'll start asking ourselves questions like, why should I even bother? Mm. Because sometimes we struggle with things that get so difficult. Like you're just like, man, I, I like if I like I said yesterday, if I if I could put my infinity gauntlet on and, and do the Thanos snap and yeah. just and just have this thing go away, yeah. I'm telling you, I would do it. I would do it, but it's not. Yeah. And so to understand that there's an expiration date on it, that the Bible tells us and it calls it our our, our blessed hope, our glorifying hope, our purifying hope. John said, We don't know what we shall be like. But we do know that when we see him, we shall be like him. Yeah. Mm. You're right. And then Paul said this mortality is going to put on immortality. This corruption is going to put on incorruption. And so for us to know and for our people to know, man, for our young people to know that you won't always struggle forever. Like God will give us victories in this life in the here and now, but every victory that he gives us in the here and now is a foreshadow. It's prophesying the ultimate victory that is to come. And so for us to just know that he's got me, he's not going to let me go. Mm -hmm. He's not going to let this sin have dominion over me. But at the same time, there will come a point where this struggle will be over once and for all. And we're going to be in the presence of Jesus in a renewed earth, a renewed creation, all things restored, all things being made new, worshiping the Lord in the beauty of holiness, unencumbered by any sin whatsoever. Yeah. And that's what's in front of us. It's beautiful. It's awesome, man. It's incredible. Well, bro, I appreciate you coming in, Doc. It's uh, 
Always an honor. And we have tons of fun. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know? I appreciate y'all having me, man. Yeah, it's always man. a pleasure, brother. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we cut up. We like to talk about everything from basketball to the Marvel Universe to... Um, We're converting him slowly but surely. Other, <laughs> the still ain't got me on that Star Wars tip, but... Uh, <laughs> Brad, there, there is one time we were talking. <laughs> we all went to coffee. It was me, Aaron, and Tyler. And... Uh, so either Aaron or Tyler was like, yo, you seen the new Star Wars? And both of them were like, bah! they're just like nerding out together. And they saw me just go blank, dog. I had my phone out like, I don't know what y'all talking about. Uh, yeah. I don't care it's, nothing it's about It's one it. of the few times I've seen him like in Disengage. another world. Like, <laughs> I, was, I looked over at him. He was just... Yeah, I, I was, can relate. I was I like, nah, I ain't, this ain't me. This ain't, <laughs> I, this ain't, I, I wasn't pouting or nothing. I was just like, y'all can have this. I ain't trying to, <laughs> trying to be in this. So, uh, but oh, yeah, man. yeah, we, uh, we like to cut up, man. We had tons of fun. I love you. I love your family. Um, I'm grateful that in the kingdom, there are genuine people. You know, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever told this on air. I don't, I've probably told you this the first time me and Aaron have ever met, ever met in our mm -hmm. life. Uh, I'm sure you remember. We was, <laughs> this is what I was like, Oh yeah. So we were at the Ruby Tuesdays. It was right up here. It's not there anymore. Uh, Ruby Tuesdays on highway 29. My dad set up the meeting. Yeah, so yeah, he went yeah. to a prayer event and you prayed for the youth of our city. He was like, you got to meet this, this dude, Aaron. He's a youth pastor at Jubilee. And I was like, all right. Yeah. I mean, I was 20, maybe 21 at the time. How old is Deuce now? He's knocking on 13. So, so that was, yeah, it's this guy. Okay. Yeah. I was 20. Uh, and so, cause that was 12 years ago. Yeah. Deuce yeah. was one. Yeah. So, um, I was 12 years ago. I was 20 years old. And uh, walk up in there. So my dad sits with the lunch. I walk in there, sit down. We we chalk it up for about three minutes, like just talking about who are you, where you're from, about you know talking about it. And Aaron's like, "All right, so listen." Um, he's like, "I'm not really interested in a." Uh, for lack of better terms, a ministry contest. I don't need anybody to talk to me about how big their youth group is or what they're doing in church. He's like, I'm looking for brothers to have in my life. Um, so I, I'm not interested in, in playing the niceties game. If you, if you want a relationship and you want to be a friend and a brother that we can carry on in ministry for a long, long term, then I'm in. If not, we can finish this lunch. <laughs> we can go our separate ways. <laughs> I was like, all right, yeah, that sounds good to me. And, uh, and so we did, man. I mean, I've been to his house. He's been to mine. Uh, I'm a new house. We got to change that. I but, know. I know. I but, got to uh, somebody else's pool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to get cleaned by the same guy. So it don't matter. <laughs> we got the same guy. Anyway. So, uh, but you, your family, man, uh, your, your daughters, your sons, your, your wife, Carolyn, all you guys are fantastic. The church over there. Um, so we appreciate you. Hey, if the people want to find you, they want to follow you on Twitter and Instagram, uh, or whatever social media outlets you're comfortable giving out, man, where can they find you if they want to? Man, the easiest place, Twitter, Instagram, Aaron James, E A R O N. Awesome. All right. At Aaron James. So you guys can find him if you want to, man. Uh, we're so grateful for you, Justin. Tell them where they can find more in the church. You can find us online at transformationchurch.com or Instagram and Facebook at transformation Pensacola. All right, guys. Hey, listen, we're so uh, happy, excited about the next series. Kicks off this Sunday, Heart of the House, where we're going to be walking through the 11 things that describe us as a church and where our heart is at. So if you want to join us, come check it out. AMC on Bayou, 9 o'clock and 1030. All right. We love you. We'll catch you guys next week for another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. See you. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast. It would mean so much to us if you would subscribe, like, and review on iTunes. You get double points if you show us love by sharing it with your friends. Don't forget you can follow Pastor Justin and Pastor Brad on Instagram and Twitter at Justin Oswald underscore and at Brad Livingston underscore. You can tweet them your questions and comments or email them to us at followup at transformationchurch.com. For more info on Transformation Church, visit us online at transformationchurch.com and on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. We'll be here next week where we will help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us.